Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Good evening. Dave making fun of me saying hello. I'm the Mabel. And Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with good things, so Craig does that. Go. All right. So I got a video game for you guys this week, um, and I'm excited because I wanted to make sure everyone on the show is here, because I've been playing the heck out of Pokemon... Violet slash Scarlet for the past two weeks. Um, and you guys, I saw in the video, in the webcam footage that we have going on now, I saw some rolling of the eyes. But let me tell you, I'm surprised at how good this new iteration of Pokemon is. So if you guys are familiar with Pokemon, which I'm sure the whole world at least knows of it, but it, ha- it has a very set formula to it. At least most of the older games have that set formula where you're going to the various gyms, beating it, getting the badge, going down and fighting the champion road slash elite four, whatever the heck. Like, it's it's very formulaic. There's a team rocket equivalent, blah, blah, blah. This game, it doesn't throw it out the window, but it does spin it on its head. Because while that stuff exists, this is the open world Pokemon game uh, for the official, I guess, I don't know, iteration of it. Was, it they had one before that, too. Right? Yeah. They had like an open, was that one they kind had, of they like had a Legends mini Arceus. experiment? which I think was experimenting, and I guess it was a success because they decided to do the main series as it. Anyway, the neat thing about this is that, uh, again, open world, so you get to explore, do the things on your own order. Now, the Pokemon themselves are a certain, like, level for an area, so you can't get to a situation where you're, like, completely underleveled or completely overleveled. That's fun. It's part of the fun. But anyway, the thing I want to mention why it's a good thing is that they did some neat things with the story, especially at the end of the game, and they also did some neat things with the Team Rocket equivalent for this game, which made made it intriguing. So where I would say the last main series version was sort of following that same formula I mentioned before, and it was basically a tribute to that, this one was let's try something a little bit new with the story, with the gameplay. Um, it only has some tech issues because it's running on the Switch and they didn't optimize it that well. But honestly, you don't notice these problems as you're playing it. It's just if you watch someone like in a stream. So don't let that deter you. The game is a lot of fun. I'm really glad we picked it up. Uh, my wife has gotten into it. She was getting tired of the Pokemon series as a whole. And she's like, she's basically done with it. But I got us both of the games and she like fully in embraced it and also has been enjoying the time. So I do recommend if you play any Pokemon games, try this one out. Highly recommend it. It's uh, Violet and Scarlet. I played Violet. My wife did Scarlet. Um, yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. I'm. Despite what you said, I think I'm done with Pokemon for foreseeable. I may swing back around at some point. Well, if you do, yeah, do this but... one. Oh, unless there's a better one that comes out later well, on. If if I do, I'm. I don't know. Probably getting the remake of the remake of. Uh, <laughs> of Gen 3, so Super Omega Ruby and Ultimate Alpha Sapphire, I assume, are going to be the names. Oh, you're going to wait that long. I gotcha. One thing that makes Pokemon fun for me is watching my nephew play. So we have, uh, I mean, I bought Pokemon Shield so that my nephew could play it when we were hanging out, and 
Like, he's all into it, and he's always, like, looking up strategies and what to do next for, like, the next time we hang out. He's like, Uncle Dave, I was thinking next time we hang out and we play Pokemon Shield, I should try to evolve my Raboot into Cinderace or whatever it's called. He doesn't say what it is. He knows what they're called. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> because they're not Gen 1. Um, yeah, I, 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 I will actually say believed that... you that those were both Pokemon names. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do I do love watching kids get into them through the new games and how often children come into the library and they want to know if we have any Pokemon books. Is uh, Yeah, I, I love that that's still mm-hmm. a thing and has been for so many years. I well, hope that my nephew gets to a point where I can make him play Super Metroid and he'll enjoy it, but I don't know if it's <laughs> up his alley. Let me show you a real good game, kid. Here you go. <laughs> now, and uh, may I remind our listeners, I'm 40 years old, and yet I still a good po- I'm sorry. Th- I, there are a couple times when you're playing, you're like, yeah, this is obviously made for kids, but it's still fun. I don't know. Don't judge. Hey, my good thing a couple <laughs> weeks ago is a Daft Pilkey book, so, you know. I'm wondering about someone not from our age group enjoying Super Metroid. Like, enjoying the concept of it, maybe enjoying watching it, but actually playing? Mm. Metroidvanias All are right. still a popular genre. Uh, I'll it's just, make a, maybe he'll like Dread, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think Did I? Super Metroid is designed well enough that you can get into it. They they had some really good design decisions. So I think that's like one of the earliest Metroidvanias you could still play today. And get into it. So back in the day when I was a school librarian and I was at the middle school uh, and all of the teachers were required to sponsor a club because on the days that they would let the kids early release so that the teachers could have uh, in service for the latter half of the day, then the kids would just go to like homeroom class and then they would have club time until it was time for them to go home. So I did a video game club. And uh, we went through the history of video games chronologically, and I would make them play all these old games. And so <laughs> the very the very first class, uh, we we played um, Oregon Trail, and <laughs> they they did not cope well with that. This is, like, his, this is the history of historical video games. Yeah. Oh, man. And, listen, listen, kids. When I was your age, this was the best day at school. Yes. The best day at school. <laughs> yeah. Do you understand? Well, I look forward to this, all right? Yeah, I, I, to I told play them. They Oregon Trail and SimCity in, in school, and it was the best idea. Yeah, we, we talked about the history of home computers and uh, then how home video games came about. And then that was because it was just available free online. That was the home video game that I had them play from that era. And uh, in other um, club meetings, we did... We went, we did um, Atari and I showed them my Sega Master System and uh, we went through uh, just some Nintendo and uh, did you have talking Zillion? about uh, no, but we talked about uh, the rise and fall of the arcade industry and so of course I made them play like a fighting game and like um, <laughs> hey parents I made your kids play Mortal Kombat today <laughs> no not that way <laughs> uh. um. Did but, you discuss the various releases of Street Fighter as like expansion packs and balancing, like rebalancing? Uh, I don't remember if because... we talked about Street Fighter particularly, but we did talk about how arcade machines uh, were invented and how how they worked and um, the sort of modular um, 
format that they had going on in the early days and uh, talked about how some of the people behind the arcade cabinets were big names in the home console industry. And um, yeah, Yeah. it was a lot of fun, but there was so much screaming during the Oregon Trail (laughs) meeting. Uh, I think we're still on Craig. So Dave... All it's, it video has been games. Thirty-seven minutes. All video games. Dave, are my it's good your thing. turn. Uh, okay. Um, my good thing this week is a cartoon called Gravity Falls. It's pretty Yay! great. I've. Uh, it's been on my radar for I don't know ten years or more. Uh, and I finally got around to watching a few episodes with my brother, and I really liked it. So I just watched a bunch of more episodes. I'm three or four episodes in the season two now sadly i think there are only two seasons but then there's also like a christmas special and a bunch of shorts or maybe one of the shorts was a christmas short but uh yeah it's uh it's pretty great gravity falls is delight and uh you can just watch the first episode and you're gonna be able to tell if you like it or not. if if you are on board for this for the whole series all you got to do is watch that pilot episode you will know it either is for you or it is not yeah, you get a sense of uh, how the characters drive the humor in the show and who's all about what. Oh, and the number of guest stars that show up that contribute their voices. Like, it's one thing on a cartoon if it's like, oh, here, here's an animated Snoop Dogg, and, but then that's actually the voice of Snoop Dogg. <laughs> actually know anybody from the show other than Kristen Shaw, who's a main character. I didn't notice any. Huh. <laughs> I mean, there were, like, Phineas and Ferb, and I think even the new DuckTales had some cameos. Or maybe just Jack McBrayers always shows up as a guest star in every cartoon these days. I don't know. <laughs> now, there's an episode with uh, Grunkle Stan has, like, a wax museum hidden in a back room, and they they find it, and they're like, oh, let's let's open the wax museum and then it turns out it's like cursed and the wax figures come to life and like there were so many guest star cameos <laughs> on that episode it's, it's night at the museum but it's a wax museum <laughs> yes like that's that's the plot of that episode yeah i i enjoy it i i will say i've only made it halfway through season one because that was the show that i told myself i could only watch on the elliptical and i am not motivated to get on the elliptical but that's the point to motivate you to go. I know, I know. I, I, I guess I need to find a more motivating show. I'm sorry, Gravity Falls. I love you, but I'm also lazy. All right. Uh, I think Dave's. Dead, so I guess it's my turn now. Uh, my good thing this week is The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Woo! Again, I'm playing it for again. The tenth time. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing it again, it's and it's great. still amazing. I think, like I think about it a lot. I actually. Uh, I, I keep, like, that's one of the games that I have a hankering to get back into. Agreed. I just sometimes think about, like, oh, man, I should start playing this game more again. So, like, the Elder Scrolls games encourage exploration, right? Like, that's that's one of their big things, is their big open world exploration. I can't get into them anymore. <laughs> but Breath of the Wild? Yeah. Like, immediately, I'm having a blast. Can I climb this tree? Do I have enough... Mm. Uh, do I have enough stamina to climb this tree? Is there a Korok at the top? Can I find more than one? Unlike Tori's tiny baby <laughs> librarian. <laughs> right. <laughs> so thanks to one of your earlier good things, H Bomber Guy talks about, you know, various games. And one of the games he talked about is Bethesda's Fallout series. He talked about Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas, which is a perfect comparison of the two. But in summary, 
in fall, the Fallout New Vegas video that he does, he talks about good open world design. It's about having landmarks and things that you can see so the player might not have a direction themselves, but they might see something interesting and be like, hey, I want to go check that out. And I think Breath of the Wild does do that pretty well because it's, it's very stunning visually. And there's always, especially with the Koroks everywhere, it's always like, this is neat to see. I don't know how your coworker or whatever still didn't find any Koroks. How does that happen? That's still boggling. I don't know. <laughs> I love that, but how? Anyway, there's always something visually to see in Breath of the Wild, and that's sort of what makes you want to check out and see more things. Um, and it has very simple objectives of here are the four things that you can go to. So it doesn't overwhelm you with like all of these choices, but it's it's really it's a, it's such a well-designed game. Right. So like going in blind, it gives you sort of step by step go here, do this, go here, do this, go to one of these places and do this if you want to. And then beyond that, there's just all sorts of cool stuff that you can see. Like, if you look in the right place at the right time, you can see a dragon flying around. But not all the time. Only if you're in the right place at the right time. Like, there's really stars. It really rewards replay because the first time, if you do go in blind and it guides you through step by step what you're supposed to do, and then the second time around, it's like, no, I'm comfortable with the mechanics now and I know where I'm supposed to go, so what if I go here instead? And then you get all your exploring done on subsequent plays, and um, it's just so well done. And I gotta say, this game does combat better than most games I've played, like, I legitimately have fun with with the combat against like a, a couple of very specific enemies. So like Lynels are my absolute favorite thing in this game oh, to fight. Oh man. They're not easy either. Oh, they're so much fun. Like they telegraph their moves just enough mm. that if you're if you're like zoned in, you can dodge yeah. every time. And you can you can get that sweet counterattack and oh it's such a blast. It's so much fun fighting Lynels. I, I did get good at fighting ah. Lionels. I remember that, j- just you talking about it, and also getting really good with the parry mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, what still gets me, though, is the, uh, like, swarms of... Uh, Keys? No, oh. goblin guys. Are what are they called? Oh. Moblins? Moblins. Moblins. Bokoblins, Moblins, yeah. yeah all the- Moblins if are they're... the tall ones, and Bokoblins are the short ones. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, if there's, like, six of something fighting me all at once, I can't focus on one and dodge, so... It sucks, and I'm bad at it. But if there's one really big guy, I can focus, I can dodge, I can slap him around with my with my pike what's or whatever your, uh, weapon I have. What's your success rate on deflecting guardian lasers with your shield? Oh, terrible. <laughs> um, I this most recent playthrough, I tried to practice on like the the little the little like mini guardians that are inside the. Those uh, are harder. Uh, the ones that play the best song in the game. Yeah, <laughs> because it's from Link's Awakening. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I tried practicing on those, and I got hit like 12 times before I got the timing down once, and then couldn't find it. Aww. So I just went and hit it with a club. <laughs> I got I got actually pretty good at deflecting the, the giant ones. Um, just, there's, there's, I forget what the heck the telegraph is. There's something you can react to that makes the timing not that bad. I just don't remember if it was an audio cue or visual cue. There was just something you can line up, and then you get really good at deflecting uh, the, the giant laser. I gotta say though, there there is one trial that is it's the it's the one right next to Kakariko Village where like it forces you to do all the combat training stuff. I hate that one. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather just like 
I'd rather the game had let me put it together myself, or or at least let me skip the the combat training that's there and just beat the beat up the robot and move on and not ha- not be for for that one. Well, that that's... one is very forgiving though. Then you get out in the world and can't replicate the moves. And um, so for me, two things: uh, I did not learn how to parry for several playthroughs. It was actually playing Age of Calamity where it's required that. I was able to go back into Breath of Wild afterward and figure it out and be able to do it. And um, for me, uh, yeah, I can't do this thing either. Uh, I like to kill Guardian to go riding straight at it with my horse and take out the legs. That's my favorite. I like using the ancient arrows. <laughs> that's just, <laughs> just kind of cheating. <laughs> I mean, but that's what they're for. Like you were, you were explicitly given a tool that is good against everything, but it's specifically good against this one horrible, horrible thing. And yeah, like you're well, using the tool they gave you. Every time that's, there's a blood not... moon, like every time there was a blood moon, there were three or four shrines that I would go hit up for guardian parts. Like every single time they reset. <laughs> oh man, we need to talk about Age of Calamity some other time when it's not four hours into recording. <laughs> you know, you know what we need to talk about because I'm sure it's out by the time this comes out. Tori's in like good six thing? months is well, eventually, <laughs> someday, Tori, you'll get to say your good thing. No, uh, Tears of the Kingdom that's coming out. Yeah, this year it's coming out this year. Yeah. Uh, which is what actually drove me to get back into Breath of the Wild. So by the Tears of the Kingdom supposed to be Breath of the Wild too. Yeah, it's coming out this this year. Like oh dang. Yeah, I had originally heard March, but I'm but now I think I'm hearing like June or July. Well, that sounds I, fair. I guess Nintendo gets another sixty dollars from me. <laughs> I guess they do. I right, actually, uh, I won't have to pay for it because I won one of those drawings on Reddit once, where it was like post in this thread to win a hundred dollar gift card, and I was like, okay, sounds fun, and then I won. Oh, and nice. I, I specifically said I'm gonna save this for Breath of the Wild too, and so I've. I've <laughs> been hanging on to that for a hot minute but um okay good thing uh so hi guys um i have missed a couple of recordings so i'm i'm i've got a backlog um first i'm 40 now i had my birthday um at the end of Happy december birthday. And, you made it uh, i did i did i have made it through another year around the sun uh it's been a big year for me i got my manager job so now i'm managing a library that's like peak librarian uh so definitely leveled up this year um and uh so that's that's one good thing good thing number two uh, my husband is still alive (laughs) he was uh i actually spent my birthday in the hospital as he was being hospitalized um for sepsis so um he he is okay we are back home he has a broken foot that he will not stay off of but i haven't had to duct tape him to a chair yet uh, i love this man and i love that he's still around and with me which leads me to my third good thing uh this week is my 22nd wedding anniversary so not only is he still around and didn't die but i haven't killed him <laughs> so uh i'm renewing his option for another year uh hopefully this year is a little easier on both of us um but also hopefully both level up in in other aspects of our lives so those are my good things just to to get all personal and cheesy on you just just remind him that you always have the option to reenact kathy bates from Ms. I, i do he's got another leg i could definitely 
And if he won't stay off of the injured one, then then maybe he'll stay off of both injured one. Yeah, just just today he was like, I'm going to the store, babe. And I'm like, or I could order delivery. And he's like, no, no, we'll do that. Like, you can order delivery, but I'm also going to the store. It's like, oh, actually, you know what might legitimately work? Mm-hmm. If you get him one of those like knee scooters for people to break one. their ankles. He has one. He won't use it. He's like, no, what? I feel like I'm unbalanced and like I'm going to fall over. And then wouldn't I injure myself more? And wouldn't it be better if I just limp around on the foot? And I'm like, oh, well, my, I don't know. But your appointment with scooters. the Yeah, your appointment with the podiatrist is tomorrow. And so we'll see what he tells you. And I'm hoping he reads him the riot act, really. But it's you it you have you get to scoot around on wheels. How is <laughs> that know. not fun? I was at a store the other day and there was a guy scooting around on one of those and and he went past at speed like whoa and a woman came looking down each and every aisle and was like have you seen Speed Racer? I was like yeah you went that way and she was like I love that you knew immediately who I was talking about. (laughs) All right chapters I say we do chapters. Let's do chapters. What book do you want to read? Do you want to do like a whole gag where we talk about what chapters we're reading for 10 minutes? Or do you just want to get right to chapter 50 of Rhythm of War by Brandon Sanders? Uh, We've already spent about three hours on good things. So why don't we just cut straight to it? All right. Chapter 50. Queen to F7 checkmate. Map talk. Make Yasna. Wit was there. They corner the guy. Taylor Nar knows even less about his powers than he does about the number of sons he has. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the Age of Empires is coming to an end. Make way for StarCraft. That just sounds like Warcraft in space. Yeah, but there's three races instead of two. <laughs> <laughs> this was before Warcraft 3 when there were four races, right? Yeah. But yep. StarCraft 2 still only had... So you had Warcraft was two races. Warcraft 2 was two races. Warcraft 3 was four races. StarCraft was three races. But StarCraft 2 was three races. Yep. And Age of Empires was like 12 carbon copy races that had slight differences that you could disable. We successfully derailed Dave. Age of Empires uh, leased its engine to like a bunch of different things. And the best one that I had fun playing was like a Star Wars one set around episode one time. It was great. Ooh. The Gungans had like automatic shields on everything, and it was they were the Protoss. <laughs> All right, uh, Wit could really go for some steamed hands. Mm-mm-mm. Steamed hands. <laughs> I was really hoping to get through that line without laughing. Uh, watch <laughs> the High Princes. Wit likes his job a little too much, and Yasna likes using him a little too muchier. Radiant versus idiot. Good thing Yasna remembered Dalinar has two <laughs> sons. <laughs> No more duels. Yasna is the final winner. No take backsies. What could Odium possibly fear or hate so much? Let's ask Wit. I like how there were two shots at Dalinar in this oh my one gosh. chapter. Hey, it's only been one chapter so far. Hey, Craig, you Taking like the no bullet prisoners. points. You like the bullet points so much. Why don't you read them? Uh, well, unfortunately, I didn't read again this week. <sighs> you don't Craig, can we guess why? Up. No, no, I have a valid reason. I was busy reading Secret Project 1, which was just released uh, like a couple weeks ago as of this recording. I, I had to read it. I also started sure. Secret Project 1 this week, and I'm about no, no. a third of the way through, and I still managed to read this week's chapters. Well, I'm, I'm 200 pages behind, so. You don't have Craig. to read every chapter, just read the current week. No, and I you, want to read you, the other ones. Okay, 
you don't need to let people know that you waited two whole weeks before you started reading the book. We could just pretend that it just came out. And we're recording this on <laughs> January 2nd. <laughs> you want to play pretend? Okay, the book just came yeah. out. Um, anyway, I am two-thirds of, the re- uh, two-thirds of the way through Secret Project 1, and I am 0% of the way through this week's chapter. So, Tori, take it away. Okay, so... Uh... They're in they're in the tent in in the war camp and they're looking. This is Dalinar and looking at the map and Dalinar's all like, "Oh, I wish Shallan was here so we could make the glowy map, but we'll just deal with paper like peasants. It's fine." Um, And Yasna and the Mink are talking strategy things. Um, And Dalinar does like like the tactileness of having a fickle map. Oh yeah, but he does Um, miss the big glowy map. He likes painting his miniatures. I hated yeah, painting cause... my miniatures. I just wanted to play Warhammer. <laughs> uh, and yes, Wit was there. Um, he's always there. Uh, they corner the guy. Yeah. Um, Tori, do you not the... remember this week's chapter? I do. I'm just trying one? to break down the bullet <laughs> points. Right. Don't uh, you remember where they so... have this conversation with Dalinar about the end of monarchies and stuff? Yes. You're recapping this like you hated this movie, Tori. <laughs> Would you like uh, me to jump in? Sure, sure. <laughs> okay, so the map talk is Dalinar is getting a bunch of congratulations for staving off the uh, Yakoved betrayal. And he's like poking around at his map and, and looking at all his all of his forces and and he's daydreaming about how about old Dalinar and how he could have how he used to think about things. And at first he was like, I want to be on the battlefield. And then he was like, oh, that wasn't actually all that useful that was just for one spot so now i can control the whole war and now he's like well that's not even all that useful what if we win how do we win and he doesn't know there's lots of things dalinar not knowing things is kind of a theme for this chapter <laughs> he hasn't yet told wit that he wants to win though so how's anyone to know uh and then after all of that mink and yasna show up and they're chatting uh, Dalinar has like gone outside to get some air. So Mink and Yasna are standing around the map talking. Dalinar can't hear what they're saying, but he assumes because Wit told him to keep an eye out for the High Princes. But there's only one High Prince here, and it's the guy whose name I forget. I don't really care. No, the guy was Dalinar. This was about how Yasna and Wit cornered Dalinar into the conversation before. This, before Wit tells him to watch the High Princess. Like, that's yeah, the that's conversation leads the up chapter. to. That's watch the High Princess. All right, so now we're up to there. You forgot about steamed hams. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wit's all like, cows exist, but not here. I mean, they must have at one point because there was one in somebody's lineage. So, and... No, uh, a green guy. The one everyone hates. Sadius. Sadius, yeah. <laughs> Aren't you that guy everybody hates? He has oh, a... no, my friend. I'm Monty Burns. <laughs> he, he got a bit of a sword through the eye, so it's it's easy to forget about him. Didn't he get stabbed in the eye? It wasn't a sword; it was a stab. A sword of a stab stab. with a sword. The high the oh, high prince gets knife, mad because the high prince gets mad because Yasna is a woman. Uh, like literally, that that is his point, and it's a bad one. Uh, and he gets another point later. Also, Dalinar wrote a book. He yeah. mentions that, yeah. He mentions that, but mostly he's just mad that Yasna is a woman. Yeah. Uh, so he says something. And Yasna's all like, get him, Wit. And Wit. <laughs> get him better. <laughs> but not very good. She's like, get him better. And Wit insults him a little better, but still not great. 
He's like, more. And so Wit's, Wit keeps insulting him. And none of them were really very good Wit insults, honestly. I was a little disappointed by these. Uh, but it makes him mad. So he's like, I challenge the Wit to a duel, even though I should know that this is the dumbest thing I could possibly do. And everybody there is all like, dude, don't do that. It's the dumbest thing you could possibly <laughs> do. And he's all like, okay. And then Wit's all like, no, 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 fight me. He's like, okay. And then Wit's all like, wait, wait, wait. I would like to name a champion for myself. Yeah, and and, and, and he does it like he's doing, uh, was it Ruthar? A favor. Uh, he's all like, no, no, because if you kill me, then you'll lose your title and your lands. So I'll name a champion so you can still fight me in name. And uh, and and what's his face? It's like, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's real dumb and real easy to manipulate. And I don't feel like Yasna needed Wit's help here. Um, well, it's yeah, not that you know, she they got, a, they got a thing. It's not that she needed Wit's help so much as that she's... It's how she's dealing with the situation that's supposed well, to be. Well, she's paying Wit. She's going to use him. Right. So oh, and so she's using Wit him is, as a weapon in this. Wit is for sure using emotional allomancy on this guy. Like, mm. I am certain of it. I was wondering if uh, he's gotten to the third ideal yet, and if that sword he had is actually a shard blade. Although, he sure he wouldn't reveal that if that were the case. Uh, so yeah, Wit passes his sword, his side sword, that is just a normal sword, not special in any way, definitely not. Uh, over to Yasna, who badly attacks the High Prince, and the High Prince is like, blocks it, and then, wait, well, I'm not gonna fight a woman, and then she stabs him in the throat. Uh, and then Yasna remembers that Renarin exists, uh, which is helpful because Dalinar doesn't. Oh, well, yeah, he, like, Renarin was part of the plan all along. Right. We literally have a thought from Dalinar of, I forgot Renarin was. <laughs> Uh, which yeah good good parenting hey he's starting uh, to he's starting to regret not spending adolin's childhood with him so you know he's making baby steps about babies yep uh anyway renarin saves his life and yasna's like first off uh i'm taking everything that you have i'm stealing from you i i have i have assaulted you and now i'm robbing you uh your son's gonna take over all of your titles and second off uh, we're not doing duels anymore. They're illegal now. Yeah, yeah it's not out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know how five minutes ago she was like, "I'm gonna be the last monarch of Alethkar." Now she's all like, "I'm gonna win the last duel of Alethkar." It's kind of like it just seemed like such a playground shenanigan, where it's like, "Oh, uh, now that I'm king of the hill, up oh, time's up, game's over." <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and that's the chapter. Nothing else happened. There's not another bullet point to deal with. There's a bullet point about what could Odium possibly fear or hate so much. Ask Wit. I mean, come on. Wit, Wit knows race. Wit, Wit knows how to bug this guy. Like, he, he's, mm, he's got yeah. it. Wit specifically knows how to bug every single character <laughs> in any Cosmo story we've ever read. Maybe he's like that guy. From Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I know, I'm pretty sure we've likened Axies the Collector to this guy, but the immortal guy <laughs> in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that goes around insulting everybody. I think Wildbagger that... the Infinitely Prolonged. Yeah. I'm really impressed that you remembered that or looked it up so fast. <laughs> I remember it. That's top of the dome all the I time. I feel like that's, read that's Hitchhiker's Guide. gotta be your favorite like, character. Like That's 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, so... If you were to combine Wit and Axies the Collector, you'd get Harvey Wallbanger the Prolongy. Harvey <laughs> Wallbanger. 
I mean, nobody likes licorice. Come on. <laughs> or anise, if you will. Uh, let's talk about chapter 51. I think it's time. Chapter 51. To sing hopeless songs. Nivani seems to be plotting something. Venli seems to be plotting something. Tamber doesn't know what she's working with in Venli. I wonder what happened when the humans visited the listeners the second time. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> this is certainly not a segue into a flashback chapter. How dare you even insinuate ooh, such ooh, a thing? Yeah, they're like wavy lines at the end of the chapter signifying that the, the scene is <laughs> We're like, you could do the Wayne's World thing, which is copyrighted, so I'm not going to make the noise. <laughs> no, stop. You're going to get us banned. <laughs> Wait, can, can we legit not use that sound effect if we do it with our own mouths? I've Is never that the state that. of the world? Man. Thanks a lot, Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> so, I forget if this is from Rabonial or Venley's perspective. Probably Venley's. Oh, yeah, because Venley's talking. According to, Tamber, to like, Copper Mine, it's, it is Venley's, yes. So, Venley is like, man, Devani's stupid. And then Rabonial's like, no, she's purposely trying to uh delay her research in such a way that it's not obvious but you know Rabonial, she's uh she's been alive around the block a century or two or more like this millennia. isn't her first siege capture science experiment <laughs> this is exactly her second rodeo and she is an expert at this point <laughs> the th- <laughs> well the thing about Rabonial, this is probably her first siege where the humans have more advanced technology than she does if you think about it that's true um maybe the first one ever would have been the other way around but yeah yeah so you know nivani's definitely trying to plot something and rabonial is aware of it and venley her plotting may or may not be on what well, so rabonial knows that venley is ultimately working for leshwi right and not for Raponio. But I don't think that she knows Venli is a Radiant or is amassing a group of people to escape and return to the listeners. There's there's definitely a lot of plots within plots here and like who knows what. Yeah, As how many secret societies could there be? No, don't start that. Um Oh, don't worry, we'll get back to it. There's <laughs> oh, yeah. back to the next chapter. There's you definitely can't getting not back to get that back to all the there secret is, societies. There here. is some getting back to that in chapter fifty. The listeners now officially count as a secret society on Roshar. Oh my, Mike! That's true. And Elaine is a secret secret society member because oh. nobody knows he exists, but he's still a listener. Do this. I thing. know of I know of one character who remembers Relaine consistently. Oh, one. obviously, it's got to be um, Lyft, right? Like, that's her whole deal is remembering people. Nope. Lyft doesn't remember Relaine. I don't know if Lyft has even met Relaine. There might be two, Mike, because I think Adolin also wouldn't forget about him. Wait. The Edge Dancers don't need to remember Relaine because Kaladin remembers Relaine. Kaladin does not remember Relaine. <laughs> Kaladin's I mean, preoccupied It's right not now, quite Dalinar forgetting Renarin, but Kaladin well, sometimes okay. forgets about Relaine. We, I, I do have a theory that it's actually kind of the very last point of the chapter, jumping ahead as far as who might remember Relaine. So I won't spoil it. We'll get to the end of the bullet points, and then we'll see who it is. Maybe that it might be someone that indicated perhaps they remember Relaine. Um, but it ain't Venley. Venley doesn't know Relaine is still loyal to the listener. 
I assume she probably knows who he is or knew had met him at some point because he was disguised as a parchment working for the listeners, right? Oh, would, would you like me to break down Venley's sort of character arc throughout this book? Because I can do it real quick. Sure. Venley used to think she knew everything. Now Venley doesn't know anything. So she's like yeah. a regular person. Also, the, the Fused and the Singers call Venley the last listener. So as far as they know, Relaine doesn't exist. Right, or, nobody... or they think he was a. They probably think he was a uh, just a singer, adult, not not adult form, a uh, parchment. No, I think again. they they probably assume that Relaine joined the ranks of the other singers when they all took on. Not when they took on. I think only the listeners took on Stormform, but when all of the parchment were awakened and started following him, they probably assume in that camp. But as far as this chapter goes, it's pretty short. It's basically just an introduction into the flashback in chapter 52. We have successfully talked about it longer than the chapter itself. Now what are we... Wasn't there something else you had to mention, Dave, or is that in the next chapter? (laughs) Tamber doesn't know what she's working with in Venley. Well, that's leading into the flashback. It's like, uh, Venley's like, oh, Tamber, if only you knew what the the humans did on the second time they... they Is this... Guys, is this why people think that we're slow and they have to listen to us on double speed or they fall asleep during live recordings allison or maybe they enjoy falling asleep at our soothing voices don't <laughs> i enjoy listening i enjoy listening to us at 1.5 times speed to edit partially because it means that i don't hear my own voice as my own voice it becomes a separate thing and that helps a lot uh 1.8 and 1.9 are just chaos which is what i have to do for the two hour recordings which we are shaping up for guys <laughs> all right let's move on chapter 52 well said chapter 52 a path towards saving Yaxlim's memory is starting to falter where there's smoke there must be a hot dalinar all right craig you can cover the first scene uh well Venli and um, Eshenai's mother is suffering from memory issues, so it is yeah. essentially a form of al- al- Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. That was kind of my read on it during whichever, I guess it was Oathbringer. Uh, just just so we're clear on our verbiage, uh, Alzheimer's is a very specific uh, diagnosis where dementia is sort of a, a catch-all for things in that neighborhood. Right. And I was getting kind of, it seemed like something kind of similar to Alzheimer's, but obviously no such diagnosis in the book. Uh, but yeah, I guess we can dementia as a, as a general term. So yeah, that happened. And then there's smoke. So there must be, a, so Eshenai's like in the guard tower and she's the human camps from afar. She's like, oh, smoke. My, uh, so, so you my think boyfriend, Dalinar is there? My boyfriend Dalinar is probably back to see me. This is this is before the war though, and it wasn't it, it was Gavilar, not Are Dalinar. Are you saying it was Gavilar at this point? No, Are Gavilar's you... the leader, but Dalinar was the one that made first contact. I thought. I thought it was Gavilar who made first contact. Well, in any case, she Ash and I has seen Dalinar, and you can't tell me that she saw that uh, Count Honkula and and didn't really fall head over heels. All right, so the the actual meat of this section is. Uh, Venli's mother is declining. Venli is stressed AF about this. Eshenai is gone all the time. Venli sees Eshenai for the first time in, like, weeks, and she's like, hey, I need help with mom. And Eshenai's like, hey, look, there's smoke over there. I'm gonna go there. Bye. They're, they're both 
have a way to deal with the station, and it's very different, and it's also very I question whether Eshenai is even aware of this. Thing. Right, because if she's traveling all the time, it's possible that she just hasn't noticed her mother's foibles, and, and Venli is with their mother all the time. You don't think Eshenai was aware? You don't I th- think no. it's possible. I, I feel like this was just her way of dealing with the situation, which is just go away, like essentially run away and escape hmm. from the city. But maybe and she just that isn't aware. also would be valid. That would be a valid... Re- it's impossible to know, Craig, because that's Eshenai's answer to everything. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I feel great. I'm gonna go explore. Hey, I'm depressed. I'm gonna go explore. Hey, Mom forgets the song lyrics that she's had memorized for 100 years. I'm gonna go explore. Yeah. And Venley doesn't do a great job of like communicating any of this. She's just mm. like, hey, weren't you supposed to come and practice the song and is like no you're doing that now bye <laughs> yeah yeah venley seems to be the type that just assumes everyone understands things the way that she does it's like well obviously this is important and obviously mom's struggling with it you know it's like why i don't need to talk about it because esh and i should just understand it yeah like the, the lack of communication is an issue but esh and i's just complete lack of even trying Right. But again, it's it also is pretty rough. It is possible that she doesn't know her mom is forgetting the lyrics, which they would see as a serious problem because Eshenai is not listening to the songs anymore. So she which might Which is still part of Eshenai's problem. Like yeah. part of the problem with Eshenai. The fact that she doesn't know there is a problem is a problem. Alright. There's more chapter. Next so, scene. Team Venley. I uh Mm, I'll say Venley is best listener waifu, or best singer waifu even. Interesting. So going into this book, I did not like Venley because she's to blame for all of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I came around in this book. I still like Eshonai, but she definitely had some bad mistakes dealing with, with the mother and what she did with her sister, which essentially pushed Venley into you know, probably doing all the stuff that she's causing. So, um, yeah, Oathbringer kind of paints Venley as just this, like, spiteful, jealous sister. But mm-hmm. when we when we see more of the details in Rhythm of War, I, I definitely grow in respect for Venley. Yeah. It's interesting. We get, like, Oathbringer in this book, both of the flashback characters, you start out, like, you can see how bad they were. Although I feel like in this instance, Venley is, is much more understandable. Like her situation and the choices mm-hmm. that she made here are probably more understandable understandable compared to Dalinar and his past. It's almost, it's almost like both en- Venley and Eshenai are the heroine of their own story. And Oathbringer only gave us Eshenai's perspective. Thanks, Denth. Brandenth Sandenthson. Venley has to sing for the humans who have nicer wagons than she has houses. No mate form. When's war form percent? <laughs> so wait, they don't oh, have hey. mate form at this point? <laughs> they have mate form at this point, but Venley refuses to take on mate form. She's like, hey, mate form people are stupid. I don't want to be stupid. Craig, like, Why would anybody uh, what, what ever da- do that? What Dave did there is called a pune or play on words. Uh, to the original no mating. <laughs> a, a pune, you say. Oh, tell me more. You're going to be impugned, Mike, if you keep up Tori this terrible joke. what I was doing there. Well, no, I, I understood that. I, I, understand, I understand the joke. I just wasn't sure why he said it 
because remember I haven't read, you the didn't chapters. read the chapters, so I know they have dull form because they always had that, and I believe they had. I thought they had mate form, which they do, because otherwise you wouldn't be able to make more listeners. And I think nimble form? Craig, this isn't that type of podcast. This is family friendly. This is a wink okay. fade out kind of podcast. Okay, wink fade out. I'm sorry. With mate form, you well, can wink on. fade out. You need just to call it out. wink fade out form. There you go. We need to address this. They don't need um, mate form to mate. As as proof of this, Parshman, dude. Oh, that's Thousands true. of years of Parshman. That's true. I, I take mm. back what I said. Um, Maybe but they it is need Wink easier. Fade Out form to have the desire to do so. Right. Now, Venley, so the reason I wrote that is because Venley makes a mention, you know, somebody, one of the listeners who is in mate form says to her, like, hey, aren't they, like, do they have souls? I heard they don't have souls. And Venley's like, stupid mate form. I'm never going to take on mate form. But didn't she, like, didn't she have a once mate? Or was that Eshenai? She did, yeah. Uh, and and they actually mention him in this chapter. I uh, thought so, but I didn't. I like they mentioned a name, and I was like, was that her once mate? But it wasn't. Yeah. brought up that he was her once mate, so I don't remember. Dem- Demid is that is that who it is? Yeah. Yes, yeah. So this would have been, I guess, before they became mates. Uh, but yeah, he was one of the the first ones to um, basically die and get taken over by a fuse. Okay, so when's Warform percent? Oh, hey. That lady with all the rings can talk in the listener tongue. What a strange turn of events. Nah, coincidence. emoji. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything, Dave. Don't read into it. I am curious. Reminder, reminder for folks, uh, because I did not pay attention to this on my first read, and this is like practically new territory. She's dead, current time. She had a chicken. Don't have a chicken, man. Who is Axendweth is dead? Is this uh? Is she the same Southern Skadrian from the Ghost Bloods? I don't know. No, don't no, know no, no. Who she's affiliated with or anything like okay, that? Okay, because but... she's definitely working for someone. She's in some secret society, and she's whatever her end goal is. She is. How do we know she's dead though? Because she got killed by Marizi, and she Ax- left the chicken. Accent that got. Yeah. Oh really? Uh, I don't remember them. I mean, I don't see any of that in the Copper Mine wiki, so I think you're confusing. Yeah, well, because when Lyft uh, and the chicken found the body, I don't remember them mentioning the body being. I thought that was like I an old dude with rings. I don't think that was who accident. who owned the chicken. Who owned Lyft? Who owned Lyft's chicken? We don't know. I thought, I it, was, thought it was. I thought it dude. was this person. I thought it was like some, an old dude. Yeah, I thought it was a dude. Which, if it's the same as this lady, then Contra easy. Mm. It was not Accent West. But it's not if a Chandra. If it was a Chandra, why this would person she ain't have working all the rings? <laughs> this person ain't working for Harmony. Well, I don't like, know. Like, he's a little meddlesome, but not to the point where, like, let's give the listeners power to start a war. Uh, so, yeah, I- I'm thinking, oh, she so, might be a. Oh, she's probably one of the things Gavilar was at Eversong Jerry. Jerry was the one who owned the bird that Lyft has. Well, who was that? Jerry. He was also a potential me, Feldman from across the hall. Because he had a ton of rings, <laughs> so he was probably okay, yeah, that somebody with a ton a of bird, rings. Different from this potential Farukimis, who has a bunch of. Hey, if you right. have all the rings, you're probably not a Farukimis. Note that they both you're either worked. a Farukimis or a Southern Skadrian. Note this that they both worked for the Alethi. They were both stewards for the for the Kolinars, uh, and they're both potential Farukimis. So if this lady's a Farukimis, I guess she's a connection Farukimis. 
or uh, she might be just a southern Skadrian, but she's not wearing a mask. But maybe it depends they don't on have the, to time wear frame the time frame and how close this is to Arrow. Eight years one. ago. Okay. Like, but we don't know the time difference between Arrow two. Uh, I should say you don't know the time difference currently. Is is this up for grabs? Are we allowed to bring Dave in? Or are we waiting on that? Uh, follow your heart, Craig. <laughs> well, we, we do know from, from we'll, wait. we'll wait. We do know from Bands of Mourning, which Dave is past Bands of Mourning, that uh, they have access to identity-free Farukami things. So connection minds. Yeah, so she wouldn't necessarily need to be that type of Farukamist to have rings of whatever. True. Because they had the uh, the amulets that let them speak in the other language. Like, that's just the thing. De- depending on when this takes when the timeline. Yeah. Actually, she's uh, this. She's actually using Aeon Door, and she just happens to like rings. So basically, yeah, if it's close <laughs> to error one, she's just a full-blooded Farukamist. Um, this is Definitely after her. Like, there, there's no question this is after Era 1. Or... I guess eight years on Skadriel could be a thousand years on Roshar. No, it's not that bad. No, we we have we have breakdowns of, like, lengths of days. Uh, but depending in, on how... If the, if the planet is moving at near relativistic speeds, then it suffers from time dilation. Well, right? it's all relative. It doesn't matter how the planet itself is traveling. Cause it's just, yes, it does. Do, do, you, do, you, do you understand notice? relativity? No, I, I, I do. Everything's relative. <laughs> That's relatively, so like, relativity is everything is essentially relative. But if the planet is moving at like nine tenths the speed of light, then 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 a year would be about so, three. So seconds, let, let me clarify. Yeah, exactly. The planet That's is exactly not, my point. The planet itself, <laughs> the movement it does is orbiting its sun. Space is expanding, so things can change, like the location and everything can move around. But all you have is the orbit around the sun, and the sun is orbiting whatever the galactic center happens to be. All right, let me let me recap what Craig just said. The theory of relativity is that everyone's cousin's Gancho. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. You got it. All right, what happened? <laughs> so there's this oh. person with rings, and they're good at talking and stuff. I gotta get me some... Uh, <laughs> And her name is Axendweth, and she provides Venli with what I assume to be some sort of Warform Breel, or maybe even Stormform Breel, but she holds onto it for a really long time. But it's in a red, it's in a red thing. I don't know. Did we actually learn which spren is associated with Warform? Is it a heat yeah. spren? It was told to us the Pain last spren light one. spren. Yeah. It's a what? Pain spren. Pain spren. I think that was but the I last flashback, that- right? That's the one that she was going to try, I think. Or was it? I don't remember. Anyway, she gets some kind of uh, red thing, which presumably has a sprint in it that's going to teach her a new form. Maybe war form at this point in the story. And that's the end of chapter 52. Yeah, Mike, we're definitely going for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> depends how long spoiler time we is. We had to make up for Tori's lack. Um, so, welcome, Tori. Yes. Okay, but... We also still haven't mentioned anything about the state of the Sanderson 2022. All right. Wait, Mike, we Reach have to pretend we haven't recorded until that dropped. I don't think we're doing one at this point. <laughs> uh, so here, I'll just I'll just do one real quick. Arithmetic uh, 2 wasn't mentioned. The end. <laughs> uh, Amazon sucks. The end. Yep. Brandon going also all out that, war yeah. against Amazon. We'll see how it works out. Chat. So I guess we are talking sure. about that then. 
Well, we Do could you just have, have that be our good thing next week. We could maybe be like, oh, because on on Colas days, our good thing is Colas day. So we could just say Colas days are a good thing, even though it was a while ago, and then talk about it as our good thing. If we have enough content for that. This is a little meta. Maybe Mike should cut this part out. No, I'm leaving it in. Uh, right. The important thing is the two things that we just mentioned. Also, that Craig is about to have a baby up on his camera. Woo! A baby with... Oh, Steve So Hams. many toys. Four stuffies. So many oh, wait, that's toys. a Dalmatian. Four stuffed animals. I thought it was a cow. It's a Dalmatian. Um, no, that's a snow leopard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you're actually and right. <laughs> there's a cat and looks like a puppy, and I can't tell the big one. Maybe a bear. Uh, it's a bear? Nope, that's a puppy, too. Oh, that's a puppy. Okay. That's her left I arm. That, I thought she had a cat and a dog. Uh, they were both dogs. She has two cats in the right arm, two dogs in the left arm. She she likes she likes the puppy. So it's a golden retriever and a collie? Order collie? All of this is staying in, just so you know. <laughs> okay, but talking about State of the Sanderson, so I understand everything he was saying about Audible. But you guys, you know I only do audiobooks anymore, and I have been doing them all on audible and so one of the reasons it took me yeah one of the reasons it took me so long to start secret project one was i had to figure out how to uh get on the new system and get it all downloaded and uh you know when you're when when you're suffering from depression and everything is hard and that's a lot of steps and it was like oh i have to make an account and make it all work (laughs) and uh just as a bonus snippet, I'll go through my very short bullet points and not discuss them or explain them whatsoever. Okay. Hollywood, you say? Skyward 3? I need to finish number 2. Hey, we can <laughs> finally mention Spotify by name on this podcast. It's Skyward 4. Audit Bubble. What is Cytonic? The double Fs are distracting. Knights of Wait? Ensuring our job security. Era 3 after Stormlight <laughs> 5. Three whole new planets. Let's push White Sand back until the prose version comes oh, out. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, Mike, didn't you have something to say? That's all I had to say about Colas. About day. Stormlight Book 5? You got anything for us? Do I? Knights of Way? Did I have anything? What? Isn't it the Knights oh. of Wind and Time or something? It's Knights of Way. Knight- Knights of Wind and Truth, which is a fart joke. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fart joke also, in Also, there are currently three books, Skyward books out, if you want to call them that, but it's the Cytonic um, universe, I guess. And book four is coming out soon. And novellas. There are some novellas already out. Mm, true that. Hey, guys. He who smelt it dealt it. These words are accepted. <laughs> <laughs> Mike has been waiting so long for this reveal. Oh my god. Uh, Mike's a windrunner, I guess. Is that the fifth ideal of the windrunners? <laughs> oh. <laughs> One more thing regarding Delta. the uh, Audible stuff. Uh, so, trying uh, the other apps that were suggested, I went with Speechify first. Uh, and that thing eats your battery on your phone. So, do not recommend. Quality seems to be fine. Ease of downloading, great. Um, every time I listen to anything, my battery drops like 20% in five minutes. Not ideal. Um, so that's, that's my big complaint. If any of the, uh, app developers are out there, which I don't know, but, um, yeah, fix your app. Hey man, we're on the cutting edge of one of the most popular authors of our time. It's true. People listen to this show. At least four people are listening right now. We started recording (laughs) this before Brandon got big. No, I don't. I don't no, you can't prove otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 
We started recording the moment Elantris came out, uh, like, and then waited for several <laughs> years before we before I produ- uh, well, before I put out the first episode. I wanted right, to get so backlog. The spoiler yeah, the, the spoiler portions back then were recorded in the future. It's so, like we recorded Elantris, and then five years later, we recorded the spoiler section for Elantris. Seriously, though? No, we were just that good. Uh, on, on this tangent, <laughs> I think I started reading Mistborn. That explains why Craig pronounced Jasna's name wrong. Jasna. Because it hadn't been out yet. Jazz. So uh, I think I read Mistborn when it was just Mistborn Final Empire, like before the other two books even came out. And it was neat to sort of see Brandon go from basically this relative unknown who had two books out at the time and then of course getting picked up to finish up wheel of time and then suddenly blowing up to making millions and millions on kickstarter and who knows what's in our future now like it's sort of exciting to see this because it's it's also a little bit weird because it's like i like brandon before he was cool you know a little (laughs) bit of hipster here so i'm not allowed to like brandon's new stuff i I liked brandon as he was I liked Brandon as he was becoming cool, uh, which was after he was announced to finish Wheel of Time, but before he actually did it. Yeah, that's pretty early. Yeah. All right, we have two more chapter, two more chapters, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, chapter okay. fifty-three. You can't spell compassion without compa. You can't spell compassion without passion. That's not what that that's, says. That's not. Yeah, that's not how <laughs> did, you typed it. <laughs> you can't you spell compassion without compassion. No, I just. Um, <laughs> I, I put it in wrong, and then I realized <laughs> that I made a mistake, but I thought it would be funnier to leave it in. Uh, it is pretty funny. <laughs> That's why I don't edit things out. It's funnier that way. Yeah. Mm. Let's go with that. <laughs> All right. Uh, epigraph note. That's it. Rhythm of War was written by the Lopin. <laughs> I'm not going to explain that joke. I'm going to make Craig read the chapters. Only cousins. <laughs> Everyone's a cousin. I'm going to make... Craig, read the cliff notes on shoutouts to Coppermind Wiki. We see you curators. You're doing a bang-up job, I assume. I'm not allowed to go to that website. They do a bang-up job. <laughs> I can confirm they do a bang-up job. <laughs> All right. Some surgeon's family is going to be executed for some reason. Hey, Leshby, your boyfriend is in town. All right. I think this is a short enough chapter that Craig can pretty much garner what's going on. Well, so, so That's real... not the right word. Garner didn't. Just to put a little bit of praise on on the copper mine and the people who do it, they do a really good job at also hiding spoilers. Like, I think there's a way you can view the copper mine in, like... Uh, I'm I'm right. No, no, I'm not saying you do, do, Dave, but you can specify which book you want spoilers (laughs) up to, and then it will basically hide. Oh, you can do that? Yeah. Oh, that's really rad. I am allowed on that website, then. No. No, you're not. (laughs) No, just don't... don't risk it. But they do a really good job and putting all the different connections and everything together. That's a lowercase c, but Can... also uppercase c connections. So, you know, shout out to that. Anyway, um, yeah, so Only Cousins uh, is basically, maybe that's everyone on the planet. It's it's maybe gotcha. Royal Cousins. So. OnlyCousins.com, worst dating site ever. <laughs> so uh, the Kaladin's family has been captured by the Fused and essentially are going to be executed, at least to try to draw Kaladin out. However, Leshwi has been notified that this has been happening, and it's like, hey, your, your Kaladin Venli, is give here. Give Venli some credit. She is like a viewpoint character with flashbacks, Greg. Okay, so Venli tells Leshwi <laughs> that Kaladin is in town. Sorry, Dreamy Kaladin is in town. And so she's like, you know what? 
I'm going to put his family under my protection uh, because executing them is not cool. And Benly kind of slips up. She's like, Leshri, be honest. Do you have a crush on Dreamy Kaladin? And Leshri's like, I respect how good of a fighter he is. And wait a minute. I'm not admitting to nothing. (laughs) You better not ask me this again, young lady. Chapter 54. Uh, the future become dust. Gav is seriously tired. Dalinar merely almost forgets Renarin this time. Stew time. Renarin doesn't have his fidget cube. Renarin leaves Stew with Dad to go do that Bruno thing. So Dalinar's like, ah, oh, yes, my son. You don't talk about Ren- Bruno? What? What is the Bruno thing? <laughs> I know what the Bruno th- I'll do. I'll handle this chapter. <laughs> I'll, I'll, All right, I'll, do so, the, I'll do the first scene. So it's basically just Dalinar goes to... Dalinar's like, oh, I do have another son, Renablin, I think's his name. And he was having a fit or something. I think he's probably at that illegal stew ceremony. So he goes to the illegal stew ceremony, and they're like, Dalinar, try this stew so that you can legalize stew. And he tries it, and he's like... It's good, and everyone cheers. And then he sits down <laughs> next to Renarin for a little bit, and he's like, "So, Renarin, tell me about uh, what's going to happen in the next scene." And then the next scene happens. If you could have visions, wouldn't you dream about Dalinar all the time? Renarin thinks Odium sees like that kid from Dune, Paul. What's his face? Rev- <laughs> Hold on. No, no, no. Leave it in. <laughs> I missed it. What did it say? Renarin versus Odium is basically like an ATM battle. Renarin can think of a perfect enlightened truth watcher. So I I want Mike to to recap this. I need to understand what Bruno thinks. Okay. Uh, First off, oh, I understand. Yeah, he's gonna like look at the future, and they're gonna find a butterfly that they missed the first time. It's gonna be great. Dave, I've watched Encanto like a hundred times. My daughter loved it last year that's 99 times more than i've seen it okay so we start with a scene of dalinar and gavinor playing and gavinor is super serious for a five-year-old almost as though he went through some extraordinarily traumatic stuff and then he gets tired and dalinar's like that's weird five-year-olds don't like going to bed huh i guess something happened to this kid oh well i have another son Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then he's like, no, wait, my son is in Shadesmar. Oh, right. I have another son. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hold on. Hold on. I want to, hold on. Don't, don't. Okay. I, I know it's fun to you, poke fun at Dal, Dalinar for forgetting about Renar. But let's remember it's past Dalinar who did this. Present, mm. present Dalinar went to the, the, the meeting with the scribes with Renarin to back him up. Like he made some steps. Like I, I'm saying he has a lot of ground to cover, but he's heading in the right direction. You That's know, That's why I wrote down. I merely almost forgets Renarin this time. <laughs> yeah. But past Dalinar took no prisoners and neither do we. <laughs> Continue Mike. Anyway. Uh, then we got the stew thing. Dave talked about that. But there there was a good little section in there of, like, Dalinar tried to stop the stew thing because it was against, like, standard regulations. And nobody listened to him, so he was like, oh, is it, am I out of touch? Or is it the children who are wrong? <laughs> uh, but he came to the conclusion that he was out of touch. 
Nice. So he tied an onion to it, which was the style at the time. <laughs> Give me five bees for a chip, you'd say. Uh, and then we get Renarin's truth watching vision-y thing, and we don't talk about it. No, no. Is that like a song? Yes. Yes. Come on, Dave. That was That's all I had. Like, we talked about it. Yeah, Dave covered it. The main bit of this vision is that the area regarding Renarin is black. They can't see the future in regards to Renarin. You know, Renarin can't see it himself, and Odium can't see the future in regards to Renarin. And same thing with the diagram in Taravandrian, right? And it reminded me of how ATM battles work. So, like, Renarin and Odium, they both can kind of see into the future. They cancel each other out, and they, they can't see anything. Like, if you're using ATM and your opponent is using ATM, it's just like a normal fight, right? So now we know, like, obviously we know what Dalinar has to do next to negate Odium's uh, future-seeing power, right? Use Electron. Yep. He, he needs, exactly. He needs to stick close to his only son, Adolin. <laughs> no! Uh, I was going to say that maybe they can find some Electrum equivalent, as Craig suggested. So, you know, if you can't have ATM, then have Electrum. But then there's also a bit where... There are other enlightened mistbren that uh, that want to bond with other people, and Renarin's like, "I know just the guy," and that's the end oh. of the chapter. And I think the guy, I think the guy is Relaine. So I guess that's so much for Relaine being the next bondsmith, because I think gonna be uh, the next uh, the next enlightened truth watcher. I guess I'll call it. There's there's a good bit where Renarin and Dalinar are talking about enlightened spren and. And, like, Renarin's like, hey, can we, I don't know, reach out to Jeanat and maybe let her know that we'll accept enlightened spren bonds? And Dalinar's like, no, they're abominations and they must be destroyed. Except you, son. You're fine. <laughs> I want to say Rivarin? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that Renarin remembers. What were you talking about, Mike? Yeah, that was that was it. Renarin is, like, the only person who remembers that Relaine exists. They were both, like, the outcasts of Bridge 4, so they had some time to bond. Makes sense. Which is weird, because Bridge 4 is, is oops, all outcasts. <laughs> Village of outcasts, one might call it. Hey, I got nothing else. Can I go <laughs> yeah, home now? It. Yes. Dave, right. no, you have to stick with us for the two-hour episode. Yeah. All right. Okay, bye, Dave. <laughs> Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. Leave myself a little bit of a break because I kept, in the past episodes, I kept doing like a Dave's Good gone morning. play the thing immediately talk, and that's really hard to fit a, a break in but I've left plenty of break now. So what do you guys want to talk about? So I purposely read Tress of the Emerald Sea. Yes, spoil me. No, don't spoil I haven't spoil started me. yet. No, yes, yes, <laughs> spoil I have me. some bullet spoil points me. for up to as much as you want. Go for the whole, like, I'm no, almost I don't want done to spoil with my Tori. cradle reread. Yeah, don't spoil me. Okay, no, don't spoil Tori, but I'm almost done with my cradle reread. I will have it done in a day or two, and then I'll have Tress knocked out by next recording, guaranteed. Okay, so I will say initial impressions, I really like it. Um, this is up there compared to, like, if I had to rank his novellas, this is probably right underneath Emperor Soul. Well, good news for you, Craig. You don't have to rank his novellas. 
until we get this far. <laughs> then you will. Well, good. Um, I I'm really enjoying. I mean, it's 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 a pirate. It's a pirate story set in the Cosmere with this really weird, not really physically possible um, planet, and that's cool. Uh, does it do the the treasure planet thing where it's where it's like sail sailboats in space? No, it's it's on a planet still. Um, but it's I th- I think it's a little well no it's not quite treasure island. You're, you've gotta you've gotta use your movie preview voice in a world where and and then go on. In a world where boats sail on beads and moons in a world shower. where boats sail on beads and moons shower. <laughs> I've been practicing this for several decades. I actually have a pretty good movie guy voice. Oh man, when I was working at the supermarket, I would do this what I call my game show voice um cuz I would I would make the announcement that the store was closing, but I would do it like a game show host because I could say whatever I want and that that uh, I had fun with that. In a world where our store closes in 15 minutes, you need to gather all of your items and head to the front. Dude, that would be awesome if I heard that while I was walking around. Oh, we man. open again at 9 a.m. We look forward to your future business. Thank you. See, my, my whole thing is like, good evening, shoppers. The store is closing in, or whatever the heck I would have to say. It was something like that. It has been 20 years since I had to do that, but Dave could tell you about it. He's not here. We should get Dave to tell us about it and do his impression of your impression of the game show. <laughs> okay, thing. perfect. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's as as um one of our listeners said, it is sand, not beads. But uh, I was quickly well, saying no, stuff. it's specifically it's spores. It's spores. Yeah, spores. Right. I mean, if you think about it, spores are basically the sand of beads. So there, there's a lot going on in the book itself, uh, Cosmere wise. Although we have to take it with a grain of sand. Because Hoyt is telling a story, and we don't know how much he has embellished or changed just to make the story more entertaining. So keep that in mind that while you're reading it, this is a Hoyt story. Anyway, it's a lot of fun. I do recommend uh, reading it if you happen to get access to it or listening to it. Uh, happen to books that way. Yeah, and I do have some bullet points for it, which I will wait until Mike reads. No, no, no. Go ahead. But first, before you before you get to your bullet points, which I definitely do want you to read today... Uh, I would like to say that I have looked at some of like the the very cu- first couple of pages, and the art is phenomenal. Yes, yes. It is so gorgeous. I'm really looking wow. forward to seeing the, the physical copy. But yeah, just in the book itself, hey, they went all out, man. Uh, and the book is available as of the time of recording for non uh, non Kickstarter backers to purchase just individually. So by the time this comes out, I'm guessing you already own it. Okay, well, I'm going to say, since I don't want to be spoiled for the bits I haven't read yet, but we do want to talk about this, um, how about we do Craig's bullet points for 30 minutes, which will bump us up to a two-hour recording, and then stop. I don't have that many. No. Oh, but, you don't have oh, that many? So long. <laughs> but which, which chapter, do you happen to know which chapter roughly you're on? Off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you the number. Would you like me to go grab my phone and check? Just just if I start reading something that you don't recognize, just say stop. Valid. Okay. Chapter one. So this is talking about the planet that they live on. And I just wanted to highlight it. They poured down from the Lunagree. And the verdant Lunagree was visible some 50 or 60 miles from the island. I guess I just wanted to note. like So for Mike, essentially there are moons that are... 
stationary above the planet, like they're in geosynchronous orbit for certain locations of the planet. There's different colors. There's 12 of them. They drop different spores onto the main planet. The one that Tress happens to be on is, of course, the green one, the Emerald Sea. So uh, they're like, I guess, 60 miles from where you can see them falling into the the ocean. And they, they, they create the ocean. Like, it's not a water ocean. It is a spore ocean. And that's because water makes the spores do different things because they love water. Water is a catalyst and they do things like the Emerald one. This is this is like early on in the first chapter. The Emerald one, if they get a little bit of water on the spore, it turns into vines. It's like, boom, tree or vines, just vines. But yeah, neat. I was when you mentioned a moon that drops spores, I was getting like Pern vibes for a second. OK, have you read Pern? No. Clearly not. Oh, OK. Um. I guess we'll just not have this conversation then. (laughs) So, continuing, the spores could be rendered inert by two things, salt or silver. So, silver, a la, makes us think of um, Forest of Silence. Shadows of Silence. Shadows, what is it? What's the title? Shadows for Silence in the Forest of Hell. Yeah, all all those words. Um, It made me think of that, because that sort of deactivates the spores, so they no longer have the ability to draw in investiture. Okay, so, Hoid... Okay, no, this is actually one of the characters in the book. He says something about a cup that he brings our main character, Tress. It's, there's a language that happens to be written on the cup, and he says, It's old E-Rally, he said. They vanished, you know, the entire people. Poof. There one day, gone the next. Their island left uninhabited. Now, that was 300 years ago, so no one alive has ever met them. But they supposedly had golden hair, like yours, the color of sunlight. Now, the... Well, that... That's interesting. It is. It is interesting. This is the same Arali. They're they the ones that uh, You mean Adeline... maybe Iriali? Is that what you mean? I- I- yes, thank you, Tori. <laughs> no, he meant Irali. Iriali. <laughs> I- um, that was worse. Yeah, I want to... I don't know how to say things anymore. All right, Craig, try saying it six different ways. One of them might be right. Let's go. Number I- one. Iriali. Number two. Iriali. Number three. No, Tori nodded. I got it right the first time. No, no, she Mike. was just enjoying no, you Mike. pronouncing things. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so uh, whatever this, because this planet is not Roshar. We don't, as of me reading this, we don't know, like, where this planet is Cosmere-wise, but somehow these people were somehow related to this planet. It's very interesting. Why would you leave what sounds like a pretty cool planet no. for, for Roshar? Which has crab <laughs> monsters everywhere. This is a very dangerous planet. Like, you cannot go anywhere. Like, you can't touch the spore. Okay, so it's it's clarified in, like, the first chapter. Humans have a lot of water. Like, we are sweaty, oily messes. If we even, like, touch a spore, poof, it turns into a vine or whatever it happens to be. Um, it It's bad. So okay, now I'm now I'm getting uh, what was the book with Ice Nine? Sure, by the guy who wrote Slaughterhouse Five. I am blanking on the author and the book. Vonnegut. Kurt Vonnegut. Cat's Cradle was Ice Nine. Cat's Cradle. I don't remember. It's been Uh, years. Okay, I don't remember which book it is then. But in in that they come up with a different crystalline structure for ice that is solid at like room temperature. Uh, which then infects all the water on Earth, and there's only a few humans left by the end of the book, and if you come into contact with, with any of the Ice Nine, uh, because you have water on you and in you, you will become crystallized. 
It's it's a bummer of a book, but it's really good. Like most Vonnegut stuff, it's it's kind of a bummer, but really good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, chapter 11. Tori's Googling. Yeah, that's Cat's Cradle. Yay! Okay, uh, so I guess spoilers for Cat's Cradle. Chapter 11, this is for Tori. More twisted than a librarian's love life. Trust me, they're a strange bunch. I do not know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> um, so my favorite line, which I believe was before that, uh, describes the, uh, the, the very handsome man as having a jaw so straight it made other men wonder if they were. I missed that one. <laughs> it oh, was okay. so good. I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, chapter 15. So this is, this is, tre- so background for Mike, this is weird, I have to describe this. Uh, Tress is on the pirate boat with the pirates, and she's talking to the quartermaster. The quartermaster is deaf, and he has this neat sign that essentially you talk, and it writes words on the back of it so he can read whatever you're saying. And same, he can, like, think his thoughts, and they appear on your side so you can read what he's trying to say. To yeah, you. It's, it's like a little chalkboard that, like, writes itself. Did he come from Ashen? No, he is from, um, is it Lumar? Whatever uh, planet this He's from this planet. Story. Yeah, he's from this planet, um, but it's described as being uh, Elantrian tech. His tablet is from somewhere else in the Cosmere, so. But narrator Hoyd tells us where it came from. Yeah, I did not highlight that. Um, so the character's name is Fort. And he says, it's wonderful, Fort said. I got it from a wizard a few years. Oh, it did highlight. Here it is. He's, he's describing the sign. I got it from a wizard a few years back. A wizard, Tress says. From beyond the stars, Fort said. A very strange fellow. He used it to translate words to our language. Um, and he talks about how he got it. I've uh, Oh, and then Hoyt says, I've wondered, always wondered who traded the device. To f- That's Nathalian tech with awakened predictive connective connection circuits so okay, it's a, not elantrian that was my mistake i'm sorry it's a nalthus awakened tablet Ooh. and this is like more advanced than what we've seen of course so this is definitely at least in the future compared to warbreaker I would. but warbreaker could have been set back in mistborn era one Correct. rough timeline so yeah. yeah they could have they could have definitely advanced technology okay i wonder if the circuits like make make a little stick guy <laughs> Um, because awakenings try to. Try uh, are we still shape. good, uh, Tori? Uh, are we get close to where you? We're stopped? still good. Okay, still good. Uh, chapter eighteen. This was sorry. I had to figure out where we are in the book. I think it works better for me if you give me context. Okay, I think they're talking about Ulam. How do I say his name? Ulam. Oh, I said it pretty good about him. I don't know. Is it? Okay, Trust, okay. well, so they're I can describing open him. And follow along. Okay, so look, Ulam, I'm just going to say it flat out. There's a Chandra on the ship. Like, you know he's a Chandra. He talks about eating body parts, and he wants your brain after you're dead because, you know, they collect these things. His name is Ulam. Um, this, I mean, it's a spoiler, but, I mean, you, you find out very quickly it's a Chandra. And he's and Tress is like, what was a creature like this doing on a pirate ship? Surely this was a divine being from beyond space, time, and reality. In a way... Tress was correct. He's a world hopper. And then... And a divine being beyond space, time, and reality. And then uh, another character, um, she's the carpenter. She's like, if he asked to buy them and whispered, haggle. You can usually get double his first offer. My eyes, Tress said, his her voice rising. He wants to take my eyes after you are dead, naturally. Ulam said. I just wanted to highlight, like, that's like the first instance we have of him. So I wanted to highlight that. Okay. 
Um, so do, does this suggest that most Chandra are more like uh, Exposition Boy from yes. Era 2 yes. rather than Milan? Yes. Or at least this one is. Okay. <laughs> um, and then chapter 20... I'm glad you knew who I was talking about because I, I can't remember his name. Eh, he's not important. Chapter 22. Um, this is Ulam saying, technically, yes, I don't know what he's saying, yes, too. Um, but I have in the faintest idea how Hoy did it. I found him like this after I arrived on the planet in response to his letter. Um, so in this story, Hoyt is on a ship. He's a pirate. Um, but he is cursed to be stupid, uh, is putting it mildly. He he doesn't say what he wants to say, and it comes out all weird, and he's acting very, very strange. And Ulam knows Hoyt. He knows he's not supposed to be like this. He just thinks it's funny and lets him be that way. And that's that's just what I highlight. Are we so, like, maybe his connection was broken? I mean, as of where I'm reading, we don't fully know how this happened. Ooh, I mean, we know why. Broken, like, like what happened to the parchment. Yes, but without losing identity as well. Yeah, he still so has like, his identity, but something else. He's still him, but he can't communicate it. Right. Um, and uh, by the way, I am up to chapter 25. Cool. Chapter 23. Yes, we have always talked about there being 12 seas and 12 moons. So I wanted to highlight that. Because 12 seems to be the number in this book. So if there's any kind of shardic influence, I would say the number is probably 12. Is it, though? Because there's that legend or rumor or whatever sailor story yeah. of a 13. It, I will say 12 is weaker here compared to, like, the number 10 on Roshar, which is very strong. 12 is like, yeah. Or the number 5 on Nalthus. And number 5. So here it's like, yeah, there's 12 moons and 12 seas. But the sailors talk about potential 13th. Eh. I still think the number is 12, and it, it really is just... And I have the last bullet point, which is 24, talking about the thing that happened to, to Hoyd. The curse, like many magic of its ilk, depended on how the subject thought or on their intent. Capital I, intent. So it messes with the person's intent, or at least what they're intending to say, or into how they intend to act. That's capital I, intent. So, Mike, you were pretty close, pretty right. I think you can mess with connection to change someone's intent. Yeah. Huh. I was just thinking straight up connection. I wonder if you can mess with shards that way then, because shards have a certain intent, and I wonder if you can play connection games games to change their intent. It's powerful. I would have to assume that it would it would take like a dawn shard right. to do that. Hey, funny that you mentioned that, and oh, I wonder where we have a dawn shard at. Oh, are we getting dawn shard number two in, in Secret Project? No, I don't know. No, there's no. No, I'm talking about the the fact that we have the change Dawn Shard um, on Roshar, and that would be mighty useful if they wanted to change Odium's intent, for example. I don't know. I'm. I know. I like just brought it up off the cuff, but I am leaning pretty hard toward the end of Book Five being either the end of Book Five or the end of Book Ten being like Odium reforging honor and taking up that shard and being war. I still think Dalinar has a better chance of reforging. The honor shard. I don't think Odium. I don't think Teravangian has enough connection to honor to be able to do anything with it currently. So we need, we need, we need something to happen in Ooh. book five if he were but, to pick but, it up but as well. He does have enough connection to Dalinar, I think, to take it from Dalinar after Dalinar reforged. You know, I was also just thinking that Dalinar also has a lot of connection to Odium. Like Odium was going to ask him to be his champion. Dalinar is a good choice to also be able to pick up both shards if he's able to do something to Teravangian. 
I do you, so do I you like think Caravangian as okay. as like a a Cosmere level threat? I, I agree because we know him. Yes, I I think he would be a. But what if Dalinar is our Cosmere level threat? We go from I don't like it. he goes from evil to good to now he's back to being evil again. It's I don't know. No, it's a little too much of a roller coaster for for my okay. taste. Yeah, I don't like it. Okay, that's that's fine. Um. I, I definitely like I I will place money on down our on I will place money on the honor shard being reformed. I think that will definitely happen. I don't know. I think it's going to be down our who does that step. I like Mike's idea of Teravangian picking up both shards. I think that's the most interesting from a story standpoint. I like the name of the shard being war. Yeah, because we I have war like it's a it's a good fit. Yeah. yeah. So passion and, and honor. I, I, I used to hear that that combination would make justice, like before Rhythm of War came out, which I like the concept. If you think about if someone had a passion for oaths and keeping honor, and when someone would break it, that's like a justice sort of thing. Hey, you broke the laws. But we've gotten war light, so of course it probably would just be war. So just from like a a story perspective, it makes sense to me have Teravangian, who now held the scariest shard... Mm-hmm become our Cosmere level threat because mm-hmm. he's a character we know. Mm-hmm. We've we've spent plenty of time with him, so we know him. We didn't know Race. Yep. We don't know Bavid. Yep. This makes sense to me. This also makes sense to me on a on a level of like the scale of Roshar, um, turning it at maybe at the end of book five from humans and singers at war with each other to everyone on Roshar under the banner of Teravangian or Teravodium. Teravordium. Oh, Against the rest of the Cosmere, yeah, I, 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 that's that's why I agree. Story point wise, I think Teravangian is excellent as our Cosmere wide threat, just for the reasons that you're given. And Brandon has always been building up the villains, like we get minor villains until it just the 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 protagonists get past it. So Teravangian being like our, and I don't even know if he's going to be the ultimate endgame threat to the whole Cosmere, but he's he's up there, like he's got to be over autonomy at this point just because we know more about him compared to autonomy and then we're also going to have maybe not interacting with uh, stormlight but we got to deal with discord because that's oh that that's getting scary so end of, i could see i could see our good guys uh you know as they become more cosmere aware and uh learn more about shards i could see them saying oh we've got to uh unite them we've got to put all these shards back together and then as the plot goes on, maybe figure out, oh, there was a reason they broke mm. that up to begin with. Like, you know, to think that they're doing the right thing by reassembling it and then realize that that is the threat, that is the problem, and then that they have to break it again. So I feel like that's what we're learning about. Like, th- there were reasons that the the people, Hoyd's group, got together to shatter uh, Adonalsium in the first place. And... We keep learning time and time again that cognitive shadows, people who happen to live forever, like they start getting a little messed up as time goes on. And that that's what's happening except, to the shards. Except maybe dragons, they might be able to handle it longer. Maybe Shodel can handle it better. We don't know. It's funny, I think, Mike, that you mentioned dragons because we have a dragon in the book. We I haven't met her yet. Uh, I'm I'm thinking new Adenalsium gets to be held by everyone's favorite perfect boy, Rayodin. Huh. No, I'm not, I don't actually think that. <laughs> well, I, 
I, I, I was hoping I was hoping for a little misdirect. You thought I was going to say Aelin, but because <laughs> you did say everyone's perfect boy. I but but neither of you bid on that, and I don't think our listeners will either because they're listening at one and a half speed, and uh, they didn't get <laughs> there was no time for that joke to to settle so that it could land. Yeah, no. I think the end game of the Cosmere is realizing that no one should hold a shard. I, by themselves, the shards don't make any sense. Like, you have intents that aren't reinforced with something else. So you have odium, which is passion and hatred, but you have no context for why you should be passionate or have some sort of hatred. So it just it doesn't stand alone. You have autonomy, who's trying to push her autonomy on the Cosmere and doesn't care about the people that she influences and whether they are autonomous or not. It's... It doesn't work. We saw on in Mistborn, Preservation and Ruin, they came at odds with each other. And it's only because they were both there to sort of bounce off of each other that the people even survived. Um, even even Tanavas, uh Cognitive Shadow latching onto the Stormfather mm. is, is pretty rough. Yeah. Like, yeah, even, even that small of a piece is still too much I so think. so just time and again it just it breaks apart and actually rochar i think is a great case for it because you have spren who form bonds with people who are, who are the radiance and that seems to sort of temper the intent so they're not they're not just ruled over by their intents themselves like sill frequently is willing to consider a situation from multiple viewpoints which is something she couldn't do when she was just a straight honor sprint or we see how the honor sprint act in the cognitive realm and how they just are not willing to listen to anything or anybody because they're so ruled by the honor intent and stormfather was the same way until he started um having his connection with dalinar and he suddenly could like think about things from a different perspective, which he he was so adamant about not being that way until you know he bonded with Dalinar. He volunteered information once. <laughs> growth, and man. He That's didn't growth. like it. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I think the ultimate end game is that the the shards need to be just all broken because th- you can't have that power in one person. Or we set up a system where. There is an adenalsium, or there's just all the individual shards working as like a council that requires a just a a a, a two thirds majority for external matters, but just a simple majority for in for purely internal matters, and it rotates uh, every month, and people are just randomly selected to sit on this council and hold shards. Women lying in ponds, distributing swords as a basis of government. <laughs> Anyway, that's all I got. And you have to run the Pachi trial in order to qualify. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Let's let's do that. Make whatever sure system we oink. end up with, whatever system we end up with, I bet Yasna's gonna write it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, she'll she'll uh, she'll assign herself a spot first, and then make it illegal to assign spots. <laughs> uh, and she would write a really good paper about why this is a good idea. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, it's we're we're so close to two hours. I'm gonna call it. Okay. Oh, wait, I have Bye, another everybody. bullet point. Okay. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Good night, internet. Bye. Bye. Mike's gone. Play the thing. Yeah, he like I, literally. Left. I hit the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at @CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is "Traveling Made Up Continents" by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.